Crypto curious, keep an open mind, enjoy the conversation, and stay crypto current. Now, here's your host, Richard Carthon. Today's podcast is brought to you by Pledge Finance, the world's leading marketplace for financial NFTs. Pledge aims to be the crypto asset lending platform for non traders. Unlike other DeFi projects, Pledge is designed to allow the creation of innovative, structured, and collateralized lending products. Pledge is an algorithm-driven financial NFT-based cross-chain ecosystem covering lending and derivatives across many major public chains. For more information, go to pledger.finance. Again, that's pledger.finance. And now for today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Cryptocurrent. Your host here, Richard Carthon. And today I have a special guest all the way out at the Denver ETH convention right now, but it's actually going to be going to a ton of different events this year. One of them being consensus that I'm really pumped because uh, that means he's coming to my stomping ground in Austin, which means that we get to meet and other things. But all that to say that I'm really excited to learn more and speak more with Tony Chan, who is the CEO of Pleasure Finance. How are you doing today? Great. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Richard. Uh, honored to be at, with uh, talk to you here at Cryptocurrent. Absolutely, man. So before we dive into learning more about Pledger, let's first learn a little bit more about you. Can you give us a little background on yourself? I, I was born in Hong Kong. I went to Stanford and UC Berkeley for computer science. I started my first startup in, I wrote part of Windows 95 and I, I started my first startup in 2003. Wow. Company that went bankrupt, lost all my money. I thought I'm the smartest guy in the world. I was arrogant, naive and inexperienced. Yeah, uh, never open-minded, talk, talk to people. And that's a little bit of background of myself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, thanks for sharing that. And it's, it's, it's interesting that, you know, you come from the computer science background, you go through that experience. And for a lot of people, you know, it's, it's hard to bounce back from that into want to keep trying. What made you want to be resilient and kind of like pick yourself up and like get back into the entrepreneurial space? Yeah, I think as entrepreneur like you, Richard, you know we have a lot of hard hard time that's always up and down. We just need to have a never give up attitude. If we truly believe in something, like I re- remember, um, I started buying Bitcoin in two thousand seventeen. It was about four thousand some dollar. People say my wife tell me I'm crazy. What is this thing? I told my dad about it. He said, "What what is this cryptocurrency? I cannot touch it. I cannot feel it. Go is a lot better." And and they just don't get it in two thousand seventeen. And now my wife is holding Bitcoin. My dad is holding. I convinced them and they're they all happy now. Yeah, it's, it's good. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to be part of that innovation, to see the vision and to stay uh, convicted in what you believe is coming. So that's really cool that, you know, you got into the space around 17. And then tell us a little bit more about that. So you first learn about crypto. You start to invest in 2017 and then you decide that you want to start to work into this space. So can you kind right. of tell us about that transition? So I got in uh, crypto in 2017. And before that, I'm a real estate broker. I've been uh, a real estate broker in the Palo Alto area for the past 12 years, mainly helping uh, my classmates from Stanford and as many of my um, Chinese clients to invest in real estate in the Palo Alto area. 
And one day in April 2017, uh, there's a lady uh, called me from China and she says she wants to buy a house in Palo Alto. I, I say, great, I will take you as a client. I'll help you make some money as commission. And then she tell me, after I have her bought a, bought a house, and then she say, hey, I want to buy some Bitcoin. That was the first time I heard of Bitcoin. And all of a sudden, I realized a lot of these high net worth individuals, they see Bitcoin as a new asset class. So they buy some real estate, they buy some uh, stocks, they buy some gold, some oil, they buy a little bit of everything, and they start buying some Bitcoin. So they see this as a new asset class. And I said, whoa, the, all these rich people, they see Bitcoin as a new asset class. I better jump in along with them. So I've been buying Bitcoin and Ethereum and all these since 2017, just as a uh, passive investor. I got into crypto full-time last year, 11 months ago, and started okay. Ledge project. I started this because um, it's a DeFi lending protocol. I have clients from both sides. I have clients who have a lot of Bitcoin early on. They bought, bought at two, $300, and they want to use those as collaterals to borrow some money out and buy more real estate to diversify out of their crypto asset. On the other hand, I came across a lot of investors. I've been helping them to invest in real estate. These people, they just want fixed and stable return. And as we know it right now, if we put money in the bank, we cannot even get 1% from our savings. Right. And if we do uh, crypto lending, we can provide like 3 4% with Bitcoin back. So it's really stable, highly liquid. And there's a huge demand for uh, people who want to get their cash to work and not put money in the bank. So I have clients from both sides. So I'm starting this uh, DeFi uh, lending protocol. Oh, that's why I get started. Yeah. So it's no, that, that's great, yeah. man. And it, it's interesting with you having the, the real estate background and then seeing how it then blends with what's going on the crypto space. And so the DeFi world lending, I think there's a lot of untapped potential that's still there. Yes, we had DeFi summer in like 2020, but like I still think DeFi's big year has, is yet to come. And it's, it's interesting how you can just, just like you said, even for the ultra wealthy, you're not going to be able to find 1% that you get in your savings account or et cetera. So why wouldn't you let your money work for you and then be able to use your potential assets as collateral? So can you kind of walk us through a little bit of, as we, as we look at pledge finance, you title it as the world's leading marketplace for financial NFTs. Can you kind of break that down and, and explain what that means? That's great. Sounds great. So in the traditional finance world, we see uh, banks do all these loans. And for Pledge, we are doing crypto loans. I can walk, walk through an example. For example, if you are a borrower, you, have, uh, you want to borrow some stable coin. Let's say you want to borrow one stable coin, one uh, USDT or USDC. You put in $2 worth of Bitcoin as collateral. That's on the borrow side. And on the lending side, they just lend out these uh, stable coin, one USD, USDC to the borrower. And in return, the borrower will get something called SP token. That token is a financial NFT that represents the promissory note. To put a more concrete example in our traditional finance world is that when we go to the bank and borrow money, the bank will give us the money and they will let all the borrowers sign something called a loan document. That loan right. document, the bank gives you the money and the bank get a loan document. And then loan document, uh, we are converting to the financial NFT in the DeFi world. And the bank will sell this loan document to a third party, to a different investor, to different institution, and get their money back and do more loans. So that's the right. bank business model. And we see this whole thing will be happening again in the DeFi world. 
And it's already happened in the traditional finance world. The bank loan out the money, get the promissory note, package this loan, and sell it to the investor. And there's a huge market of people trading this. And we want to focus on uh, creating this marketplace for people to trade this financial NFT. That's what we're doing. Yeah. It really does sound like a really cool concept. And as you're kind of piecing all of these different financial tools together, I believe did we're able to launch this just on uh, the Binance a Smart Chain. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Hey, Cryptocurrent crew. This is Steve Miller, and I'm the host of CC Live, the show that keeps you up to date with what's popping off in crypto land. Every episode of CC Live brings you the latest news, keeps you updated on the top projects, and decrypts everything you need to know to get ahead in the wild world of Web3. So if you really want to stay Cryptocurrent, join Richard, Chris, and I every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on YouTube Live. So what are you waiting for? Subscribe to Cryptocurrent's YouTube channel today. And as always, stay Cryptocurrent. Sure. Um, so um, we, we, we launched our product on Binance Smart Chain. Uh, we got a couple thousand in TVL now, a couple thousand transactions in the first few days on our testnet program. We started off on Binance Smart Chain because we have great connection with Binance. I'm a Chinese guy and all the Chinese run the Binance ecosystem. And uh, they have uh, 21 billion in total lock value already. It's a great platform. Wow. Ethereum is great. I own a lot of ETH. I'm a true believer in ETH. But just that Ethereum, the gas fee is a little bit expensive now. Super expensive. Yeah. yeah. It's a huge hindrance. Right. Also, it takes a much longer time to get the confirmation to transaction. So as a small startup company, we want to bet on a Binance matching to start because the cost of trying out new things is a lot cheaper. It's been great. Um, we did an airdrop with uh, CoinMarketCap and uh, over 400,000 people participate. And that was, that's how we built our initial uh, Telegram community. Yeah, thanks to all the Binance connection. They, they bought CoinMarketCap and uh, been helping us to promote. It's, it's been great. Yeah. No, that's incredible, man. And so it's cool that you have a growing community. You have people out here using your different uh, lending protocols. So for someone listening to this right now, how could they come on to Pledge Finance and participate? Yeah, so just go to pledger.finance, the website. You can click on the uh, V2 link and try it out. The main difference for our protocol compared to like Compound or Aave and different DeFi protocol is that we provide fixed and guaranteed loans to the lenders. In today's market world, Compound and all Aave and all these different DeFi protocols the borrower can return and pay off their loan early. Once the loan is paid off, the lender is not getting any interest payment. So our, what makes Pledge unique is that the loan are not, we call them non-recourse. So the borrower cannot pay off the loan. So the lender will always get this constant stream of return. Okay, as a real estate guy, we rent, we signed leases before. There's always one year fixed term lease and there's always month to month lease. In our project, we provide like a longer term, one year fixed term lease to the tenant. So as a landlord will lend out the money, once you have a tenant sign the fixed term lease, your monthly rental income is guaranteed. You always get rental payment. And today, everybody just do month to month short term. They can just move out anytime. So that makes the product really unique. Got it. So you're basically locking in guaranteed returns for your lenders. So for people who are locking up their money, which is great. The other question I have for this as well is, as we look at where the protocol currently is, and I was, I was, I was looking at your roadmap and it looks really cool. Tell us about kind of what, what, the, what the plan is as you look at the rest of 2022. 
our first step is originally all these loans, as many as we uh, possible. We need help to get more borrowers and lenders to our platform and start doing the matchmaking and doing the loan. And we, uh, we just charge a 0.25% of small transaction fees, just like Uniswap. It's all up and running. Step one. Step two is after the borrow, uh, lender lend out the money, they get this SP token I talked about earlier, where we can use this SP token and create a marketplace for it. We call them the financial NFT. So we're building like an open sea, but just trading these financial NFT. So people will constantly buy and selling based on uh, their prediction on the interest rate. Just like Wall Street, they constantly trade these bonds all the time. And after that, we see long-term, we can take any kind of collateral. We work with a company called Celsius. They just uh, announced that they will be providing something called W-Dodge. So the Dogecoin can be converted to an ERC-20 standard where the Dogecoin can be used as collateral and we can be supporting that. So wow. now we support like Bitcoin as collateral, Ethereum as collateral. Later on, we can support Doge. We can support any kind of like NFT. So those who own NFT, they, may not, they do not have to sell it just like real estate. They just hold it for long term. If they need money, they just put it on our platform as collateral. We do, a, we do a cash out we finance on, on that digital asset. They get their money, they buy more, they can buy more NFT, they can uh, buy another house, right? Buy another Ferrari, do whatever they want. <laughs> and they can just pay off the, the loan uh, at later on when things uh, settle. Yeah. That's a really That's unique uh, yeah. marketplace. Of course, with having some, this type of marketplace, What's very important is security. Can you kind of talk about the security that you'll have in place to make sure that these lenders are having their assets on, their, on your platform being protected? Great, great question. Thank you. So uh, for, from the, for the lender side, a couple of things. Our protocol has been uh, fully audited. Everything is open source and we know there shouldn't be any bugs and hacks. It's all transparent. People can review it. For the lender right now, the loan that we originate it's minimum we have a 200% collateralization ratio. What that means is for every dollar we lend out, we need to have people put in $2 worth of Bitcoin into our protocol. There is actually a chance of uh, the lender losing money is when the Bitcoin drop fast enough, we have something called a margin ratio. We've set it up to 120%. For the $2 worth of Bitcoin, when it starts dropping, if it's dropped, dropped down to $1.20, we start the liquidation there will be a very good chance we can sell the Bitcoin fast enough to make sure the lender will get the $1 back. But there may be a chance if at $1.20, all of a sudden Bitcoin dropped down to like 90 cents or 80 cents. And if we didn't sell fast enough, there is a chance that the lender could lose money. But it's highly unlikely because we have 20% margin. And in history of Bitcoin, and we, can, we just automatically sell this, we can sell this in seconds. There's a high liquidity on Bitcoin. So we will run into a liquidation event, but highly unlikely the lender will lose money because we still have 20% margin and we can sell this in seconds. So the only way the lender will lose money is within a few seconds, Bitcoin drop more than 20%. Right. Yeah, that's okay, the only, no. only way. That's definitely good to know. And it's cool that, you know, you're being very transparent about that. And it's, it's a good thing that you are, you know, you've already thought through this and you can protect your lenders as, as much as possible. So with it, you know, that'd be a really rare case, but to the potential lender that comes in, the upside on it is a lot higher anyway. So there's always trade-offs with any type of investment vehicle that you use. But mm -hmm. again, appreciate you being able to break that down and, and show how that particular piece works. Yeah. So as a, a kind of a follow-up question 
to that around, you know, security and how you are protecting your lender on the, on the downside. You mentioned like a few times now it's a two to one ratio. So for example, if I have a thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin and I put that in there, that means I now can be lended out $500, right? So if I put in a thousand now, I can be liquid 500 and can yep. go, you know, let my money work for me. And I know that you said it's locked for a certain amount of time as well. I believe you said it's either month to month or a fixed one year term. Right, so you don't right. pay it back early. So when the person, let's say I put in a thousand dollars, I take out my 500. When I then in this scenario, pay off my loan to get my initial thousand dollars back, how much mm-hmm. would I need to pay back? It will be uh, whatever principal plus the interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whatever interest payment. So it can be 3%, 5%, 10%. Yeah, that is agree upon. Yeah. Yeah. Got and it. our protocol actually is smart enough that at the maturity date when the loan expires, it will sell enough Bitcoin or the digital asset to pay off the loan. So you don't have to worry about anything. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. So you get your money as a, as a borrower, you get your money upfront. And then when the loan expires, you get uh, the remaining Bitcoin automatically, portion of it. And if you want to get out of the position, you get something called a JP token as a borrower and you can sell that at any time. If you think Bitcoin will go down, you may not be able to pay off the loan. You just sell off this JP token. That's excellent, man. And yeah. earlier, you actually brought up the example of Celsius. I've, I'm very familiar with Celsius. I've actually personally used it a few times. So as we look at the Celsius protocol compared to like Pledger Finance, what would you say are some of the biggest differences between the two? Yeah, it's a good, great question. So for Celsius and BlockFi, these are great company. We learn a lot from them. The business model is the same. But the only main difference is these are CFI, centralized finance, just like Coinbase and Uniswap, both doing exchanges, but Coinbase is a centralized finance. Uh, for us, com- we are BlockFi, Celsius is centralized, DeFi, and we are decentralized. I personally think that decentralized is a much more secure system because everything is open source, just like Uniswap, the protocol is open. And the cost also of running this business is a lot lower because right. we don't we do the KYC. It's much easier for people to sign on board. It interacts with the MetaMask wallet. You just click a few button. Everything is automatic. If you open an account on Celsius or BlockFi, you have to do all the KYC process, all the approval, and, and it's just cumbersome. And there's also a risk for a centralized uh, protocol because there's a company risk and there's people risk, right? Right. Uh, yeah, we are all into this crypto and it's all about decentralization, right? So everything should be decentralized. Look at Satoshi. He can disappear, right? And the Bitcoin protocol just keep running. There's a community. Everybody just believe in it. Yeah. And it's it just automatic. That should be the really the right model going forward. Yeah. And I appreciate you uh, bringing that down a little bit more. So for everyone listening, so CFI, centralized finance, and then DeFi, decentralized finance. So Pledger Finance is going to be a DeFi protocol which everything's truly decentralized. Again, don't have to KYC, don't have to do some of these other protocols and everything works pretty smoothly. So again, Tony, appreciate you breaking all that down. One more question I want to throw in in as it relates to Pledger Finance. As you look at 2022, so at, at the time of this recording, we're in early 2022, it's around February and there's a whole lot Um, that I believe is coming towards this space? What are things that you're looking out for that you think other people should be looking out for? I think NFT will continue to be hot. This is not hype. uh, It will be continued. And this will change a lot of things. And everybody should look into this. And DeFi, I see this is just the beginning. I recommend uh, people to look more into something called crypto fees. 
it shows how much revenue these DeFi protocol are making. Like one one perfect example, everybody heard of Uniswap. Mm-hmm. Last time, yesterday I checked, they make three million a day <laughs> in yes. revenue. These are like right. real profit, and they have like forty five people. There's no business in the world that can do three million a day with forty five people. Right. And Uniswap, they don't need to do anything anymore. They can fire everybody. The protocol will just keep running automatically. People just get on and constantly trade and buy and sell. And these are beautiful business models. And we really should look more into into an area like this. For sure. And and thanks yeah. for putting that on everyone's radar. I think a lot of people don't really understand like how unique in a unicorn type of company. Again, three million in revenue a day. Yeah. That's it's, it's nuts. With only 45 people. Right. And they don't it's, need to do anything. Right. And the their beauty is I'm a software guy. They just write the smart contract once. And even better than Zoom, Zoom is like a SaaS business model. Zoom is like they write the software once, they charge people every single month for a fee. Uniswap, like Pledge, is much better, even better. So we write the software smart contract once, we charge people every single transaction. Right. It's like early days of the uh, mobile phone. People like carrier charges every single minute. Yeah. It's a it's a unique opportunity, and, and your your software brain is definitely figuring out like, okay, well, how do we be a part of this, but then also yeah. provide a lot of value and yeah. and and do all of this for people in a decentralized way. So, yeah. kudos yeah. for you for figuring that out, being a part of this. But Tony, I always like to wrap up with two fun questions. The first okay. being, with all the information you have right now. If you could go impart one to two pieces of wisdom to yourself when you first got it started about 11 months ago, what would you mm-hmm. tell yourself? Yeah, I think um, I will recommend to uh, get more feedback from people. Definitely um, talk to more people, get more feedback, and uh, so we can optimize this and uh, uh, avoid more pitfall going forward. Yeah. And also, I think timing is also very important. It's been a great past 11 months. That's how we can raise the 3 million seed round from venture capital. We can do a 10 million public sale with TokenSoft and we can list our token on KuCoin. I think it was like $15 billion valuation when you first get listed. It is good. The timing is also very important. If we um, do this in a bear market, it will, we, will have, we will have difficulty raising funding. So right. have a good sense of the market is very important. Yeah. For sure. Uh, well, thank you for those two uh, really good pieces of knowledge right there. But as we kind of wrap up in the final question, I always like to ask is, what is a final thought that you want to leave with all the listeners here today? I would recommend everybody to look into DeFi and uh, uh, I'm willing to help and uh, contribute and share my advice and idea to anybody who want to start anything in, uh, in, in, the, in the blockchain world. This Web3 will going to change the world. And uh, I've seen this before on, in the early days of the internet. And this, this thing will happen again. And I see this thing will be a lot faster. Yeah, a lot bigger. Agreed. It's a it's a fun time to be in the space. A lot of people have been asking recently, is like, hey, am I, is it too late for me to get into crypto? I said, no, it's the perfect time. Start yeah. learning, get involved. There's a whole lot of green pastures in front of us. You just got to get your foot in the door and then be a part of this amazing journey that is cryptocurrency. So Tony, again, man, appreciate your time today. What are ways that people can connect with you and keep learning more about Pledge Finance? Yeah, uh, you can go to pledger.finance or just look me up on uh, Twitter. I'm Tony Chan. I'm yeah at Tony Chan or Tony Y Chan or the, in, on Telegram. Yeah. Perfect. Well, again, Tony, thank you so much for spending time. Everyone listening, make sure you go check out pledger.finance. And of course, for everyone listening, stay Cryptocurrent. Hey, Cryptocurrent crew. 
We want to give a quick shout out to all of our faithful listeners out there. It's been an amazing journey, and we really appreciate your support throughout the years as we've been growing as a community. Each episode, we decided that we would start sharing some of the reviews that you were leaving for us. For today, we would like to share this review. Today's review comes from jbauer underscore crypto. Amazing podcast for both beginners in the crypto world or if you are a seasoned veteran. Learn so much from this podcast and Richard's awesome questions. We sincerely appreciate this review and all reviews and would like to ask that if you're enjoying our show, please take a quick moment to go and leave a review on our podcast so that hopefully we can be highlighting your review next. Simply go to our show notes or go to our website where we have a link where you can share your review today. Hey everyone, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information on today's episode and all of our episodes, please visit us at www.crypto-current.co. You can also find a link in the show notes. Want to stay up to date in the latest news in cryptocurrency? Sign up for our newsletter today. You'll receive daily emails Monday through Friday that are personalized and curated content specific to you and your interest, powered by artificial intelligence. You can either go to our show notes or go to our website to sign up today. Are you an accredited investor looking to invest in cryptocurrency? Crescent City Capital can help. Go to crescentcitycapital.com for more information. I don't know if you've noticed, but the quality of our podcast each week are improving. I can only thank my amazing producer, Andrew DeRitter with DeRitter Productions, who has been putting all of this together. If you have any podcast, music, or audio needs, please go to deritterproductions.com. That's D-E-R-I-T-T-E-R productions.com. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Cryptocurrent with Richard Cargon. We'll be back with more exciting developments from the world of blockchain and cryptocurrency next week. But until then, stay Cryptocurrent. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Cryptocurrent. Just one quick reminder. Cryptocurrent is a cryptocurrency and blockchain education platform that's bridging the gap between the curious newcomers who are just discovering the space and the thought leaders who are shaping its future. All opinions expressed by Richard Carthon, the Cryptocurrent team, and their guests on this show are exclusively their own opinions. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Richard, the team, and their guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or to follow his financial advice. This show and any other cryptocurrent production is exclusively for informational purposes.